Right on, right? It is great to be here. Um, Peggy and I, uh, we had the opportunity to go uh, back home for, uh, for the Thanksgiving holidays. And uh, I, have, I have an uncle and, uh, you know, uh, well, of course, uh, you know, we have uncles. But uh, there's, uh, you know, um, my sister's uh, husband. So that would be my only, never mind, I'm just going to continue on in this here because he is, uh, you know, He's, uh, you know, he's a Cajun, okay, so he kind of has the accent. He's not all the way down into the Cameron Parish where, where they really speak the Creole, uh, you know, but he has some of that accent, and some of the words that he comes up with, you're like, okay, is that really a word? But the food that he cooks, whoo, you know that's good food. So we get there Monday evening and I had prepared myself. So I didn't eat breakfast. I didn't eat lunch. I was ready to eat. And of course, uh, you know, he didn't disappoint. He had rabbit gumbo. Whew. After that fourth bowl, he looked at me and he said, now, we do have another week or the rest of the week for you to be able to eat. I'm like, I know, I'll, I'll get there. So I paused until halftime of the football game and went back for some more. But that was some good food. Oh, man, but we had a great time with family. Um, I, uh, I got to shoot a, uh, a 45 automatic. I was like, wow, I'm like, you know, never shot anything like that. So, uh, you know, we did. We had a great time, uh, you know, but we are excited and, you know, glad to be back here, uh, you know, um, at what we would call home. Uh, you know, this is home, uh, you know, so it's good to be here. And, uh, you know, I hope you all had a wonderful time as well, uh, just simply giving God thanks uh, you know, for what he has done, uh, you know, but uh, this morning I want us to go in and we're going to look at a passage of scripture and you can turn there, you can go ahead and go to Luke and it's the first chapter of Luke, but I'm not going to read this, okay, because it's a lot of scripture, but there's some things in here that I really need for us to uh, to grab a hold to. The first thing that I, you know, that I want us to understand is, is that whenever we get to the Gospels, God has been silent for 400 years. So whenever we find these things and we go into this particular passage of Scripture and we see where Zacharias is in the temple and he is preparing the temple for service, and he is getting ready what? He is getting ready the, uh, you know, the sacrifice of incense. And I really wish that I would actually get up the nerves to go to a Catholic church and to ask them, how do you get that little smoky pot? How do you get that little thing? And how do you, how do you get it to where it smokes and it gives the incense, but it doesn't set off the smoke alarms? 
Because one of the things that I would love to do is not only for us to feel the Holy Spirit, but us to smell the incense or the essence of God. Uh, you know, there is something about whenever you ignite all of your senses, not only do you experience Him inside, but you were able to smell, you were able to feel, and to have an all-around experience of God Almighty in your presence. That's what Zacharias was doing. He was preparing the temple for worship. There were people outside of the temple while he was doing this. And what were they doing? They were praying for the service that was about to happen. Now, how many of y'all prayed about the service before you got here this morning? There were people gathered around the altar here at 9 o'clock praying for the service and praying for Sunday school and praying for the ones that's on their way. But how many of y'all that was on your way here was praying for what was going to happen in this service? If we don't expect anything to happen, it won't happen. Elijah, or Elijah he was in that moment. We need to see because, see, Elijah's, you know, Elijah, Elijah's, see, I always, I want to call him Elijah. And it's not even Elijah, it's Zacharias. Uh, you know, so we'll get here. It's Zacharias, not Zachariah. Zacharias, uh, you know, so we look at this and we think he's a priest. So he is in the temple performing priestly duties every week, right? No, they only did it twice a year. They had duties that they had that they were responsible for in the temple twice a year. And then they cast lots to see which specific duty you would have once you went there. So there was this group of people that he was involved in, a group of priests that he was involved in, and once they got there for their two weeks, they would cast lots to see what job he would be doing. They cast lots, and his job was to go into the temple and prepare it for the service and to get the incense and to burn the incense. And as he's there doing his duty, lo and behold, something shows up that shouldn't be there. Y'all didn't get that, right? We come to church and we're okay if God doesn't show up, right? Because we're just going to turn around and go back to our everyday life anyway. So why should we come to church expecting God to show up and expecting Him to do something and to say something that might change our lives forever? We just simply come to church because we're supposed to come to church. Zechariah had a task. He had a duty. He was doing his task. He came to church. 
And yes, the angel appears. God in his midst. And he's frightened. And we see that this is something that's unexpected. After all, God's been silent for 400 years. We do what we're supposed to do. And then God shows up. And we're amazed that God showed up. We do our devotions every single morning. We get up at 6 o'clock every single morning and we do our devotion and we read our scripture and we read a little bit in a book that tells us about what the scripture just told us. And then we pray and we go on about our business. And every once in a while, we'll get this little tingle. And we're like, whoo, man, God showed up in my devotions this morning. Man, are y'all, y'all are still hung over from the turkey, right? God's at every devotion. It's just sometimes we're not there. Sometimes we don't expect him to be there. And he's moving in our midst. And we're like, oh, that's nothing. Remember last Sunday, the guy that found the parking spot? Oh, thank, no, thank you, God. I've already found one. That's kind of where we are. He shows up. Man. There's times that he shows up. We know that he shows up. But we don't want to do what he's asking us to do. Therefore, we... Act like he doesn't show up. Or he shows up and he tells us not to do something that we want to do. And we act like he doesn't show up and he didn't tell me not to do that. I'm going to do it anyway. I want to do it. Okay, so that's enough about here. So we continue on and we continue to look through this and the angel tells him something. The angel says that your petition has been answered. So I did a little bit of research. I talked to a couple of people that uh, that wanted to have children. And they weren't able to have children. And I asked them this simple question. I said, did you ever stop praying for God to give you a child? Every one of them said yes. It got to an age that I didn't want a child. Zacharias, your petition has been answered. Oh, but wait a minute. 
Are you sure? Because I'm old and my wife is advanced in age. How do you like that, guys? He didn't say his wife was old. He just simply said she's advanced in age. He was smart beyond his age. She's just advanced. How long had it been since Zechariah had prayed for a child? We don't know. But we know that he says he questions it because we're too old. Now let's face it, whenever you get 100 years old, you don't want to have a two-year-old running around the house, do you? So Zechariah is inside, preparing the temple for worship. There's people outside that's praying for the worship. God shows up, and he says, your petition has been answered. Hmm. For Zechariah, it's kind of a twofold process or a twofold thing here. Because yes, Zachariah and Elizabeth wanted a child. But by this time, I believe, now, I, you know, I, I only found three scholars that kind of went along with this, that Zachariah's prayers as a priest and as a father were twofold. As a father, he wanted a child. As a priest, he wanted a savior. He wanted someone to come and to redeem his people. God comes and says, Zechariah, your petition is answered. You're going to have a son. And your son is going to be great. Your son is going to be the one that prepares the way for the Messiah. Whoa, wait a minute. So my prayers as a father or as a husband and wanting a son is going to be answered. But the prayers of all the people that's been going on outside in mine as far as needing and wanting a Savior, that's going to be fulfilled as well. Can you understand his question? Are you sure? So, we've looked into Zacharias's life. And we see what we have. We see that, that there's God is coming on the scene for the first time in 400 years. And whenever he comes on the scene for the first time in 400 years, he goes to Zechariah and he says, your petition is answered. And in your petition being answered, I'm showing you that I have a plan. And the plan that I have and that I had from the beginning of time, that is still in effect. Although I haven't talked to you for 400 years, I'm still at work. I haven't forgotten about you. I will not forget about you. Oh, wait a minute. 
That prayer that you prayed four, five, six years ago, that hasn't been answered. He hasn't forgotten it. Whatever it is, it's not like it has an expiration date on it. And it gets up there into heaven and after a year or so, it's gone away. God remembers it. But then we also have to remember that there's prayers that he's answered. That we didn't get the answer that we wanted. So then we say that he hasn't answered that prayer. No, he has. It's just not what you wanted. And there's some prayers that yes, he answers them with not yet. Those are the prayers that are up there that he never forgets. Do we need to bring him to him every once in a while? Yes, I think that would be really good. But he doesn't forget them. He knows them. He remembers them. He will answer them when they need to be answered. So we find here that the people outside in Zechariah were really kind of praying for the same thing. Now, we as a church, we're praying for our Messiah to come back, right? Yes? We all should. But there's people that's out there in this world that's, they're not really worried. Why are they not worried? Let's just simply look at Rock Hill. Let's just, let's not go out into Charlotte or go anywhere else. Let's look right here at Rock Hill. Ashley will tell you that uh, whenever she was in D.C., she searched for a job for two years in Washington, D.C. Couldn't find a job. She's in Rock Hill, and she finds a job in two weeks. I can tell you, whenever I moved here, Rock Hill for the last seven years now has had above average growth in homes businesses, and the amount of people that are living within Rock Hill. So businesses are flourishing. The gas stations are busier than they've ever been before in Rock Hill. The little mall that we have right across the interstate, it's busier than it's ever been before. The small businesses in downtown Rock Hill, they've, been, they've never been any busier. Why do you think we have the new apartment complex right downtown on Main Street? Because people are moving to Rock Hill. Rock Hill is being blessed. They have all of this that's going on for them. But Rock Hill is just as barren as the Mojave Desert is. Whenever it comes to the Spirit freely moving in our midst. Yes, on the surface it looks good. But whenever we think about it, 
We're starving to death. Unfortunately, we're starving to death just simply because there's uh, you know, so many things that's going on in the community. Unfortunately, there's a lot of Christians and there's a lot of people that go to church and they still starve to death because they're not getting the nourishment and the food that they need. They're not getting the nourishment and the food that they need a lot of times because they don't want it. They act like they do, but they don't want it. Then there's times that it deals with the fact that the church itself is really not feeding the people. You know, it's, it's there. Just real quickly, I want to deal with the passage of Scripture that tells us that Elizabeth was barren. For us in these days, you know, we don't even use that term that much anymore. But in those days, that told you how blessed you were by God that told them how much or how their life was as far as whether or not they were sinners or whether they were righteous or, or unrighteous. Because God blessed people by their children. There's a passage of Scripture that tells us in the Old Testament, it says that, you know, that your children are like bows in your, or like arrows in your quiver. The more that you have, the better, you're, the better off you'll be. It also says that your children are like jewels in your crown. Elizabeth. Elizabeth had none. Zacharias had none. But they were found to be righteous and godly people. So we get this understanding kind of about where she was. Let's listen to this. Well, you know spring chicken. <laughs> That's the first thing my neighbor said to me when I told her I was pregnant. Can you believe that? Maybe she just didn't believe me, but I don't. I'm holding against her. She'd been a tad bit cranky ever since she found that scorpion in her girdle drawer. <laughs> Maybe she just didn't realize what a miracle this was for me. I mean, Zachariah and I had been trying to have a child of our own our whole lives. By the time most of my hair had turned gray and Zachariah's had turned loose, we had given up hope. But nothing is impossible for God. He seems to delight in making life out of barren places. And as if that wasn't enough, the angel who brought us this unbelievable news had even more to say. This child, our son, would be used by God to prepare the people for the coming of the Messiah. This was all too much of a gift to be real. And then I thought, well, how am 
I going to train this child for a job like that? But God had those details covered too. And it keeps getting better. When I was about six months along, my cousin Mary came for a visit. And no sooner had she said hello than this unborn son jumped and flipped inside of me. Right then, God just opened my eyes so that I could clearly see that this young girl standing in my home was also with child, and he would be called Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. <laughs> About nine months later, we got the news from Bethlehem. And I looked over at Zachariah holding our very own miracle baby. I had one of those God moments. <laughs> you know, when you just realize, you say, God just had different plans. He had brought us life in barren places. He hadn't forgotten about us. And he would never leave us alone again. God hadn't forgotten about Elizabeth. God hasn't forgotten about us. You know, although we live in a place and in a time that we have more than we could ever think about, it's funny sometimes whenever you go home and you get into a deep conversation with your dad that's now 80 years old and fixing to turn 81. And he looks at you and he says, son, he says, whenever I was growing up, that was never thought about. Can you imagine the things? Think back to the things that have been invented in our lives. We have so much, but yet we are absolutely barren without Jesus Christ. God is making life out of barren places. where we are, the struggles that we face, the times that we feel that God is just simply so far away. He's right there. He hasn't forgotten about us. He will never forget about us. He has a plan for each and every one of us. And the thing about it is, is that the scripture tells us that his plan is for us to have an abundantly full life. 
because he already assumes that if we have him, that we have abundance. But the life that he has truly for us is even beyond all of that. It's more than we would ever be able to imagine to be able to think about. In the times that we have, in the times that we live and that we're thinking about right now, regardless of how dry it might be, and regardless of how full your life is, it can be full with Jesus Christ. And there's a lot of ways that I can go with this because, you know, I think about this and, you know, there's, uh, you know, we go back and I, I think about the things that, uh, you know, that he's already told us that we refuse to do. There's things that we know that we are supposed to do that, that we're not doing it. Look back at Zacharias. He questioned the angel. And the angel said what? Because of your question, you will be mute and unable to speak. Until this happens. If God tells you to do something. And you don't do it. There's consequences for not doing it. If he needs for you to respond. And you don't respond. There's consequences. Now it's not consequences because he's mad at you and he just wants to punish you. He loves you. But because you are not doing what he needs and what he asks for you to do, you yourself have chosen to follow that other path. In following that other path, there's dangers, there's troubles, there's heartaches, because they're not the path that He chose for you. I believe this morning, God is calling us out of bearing places. He says, individually, I have something special for you. I have something that is abundantly more than what you could ever have in this world. But I also believe that he looks down at Rock Hill First Church. And he says, I have something for you. I have something abundantly better than what you think. I have something more than what you could ever imagine. Listen to what I'm saying. That's God saying, listen 
and adhere to what I am calling you to do. Be obedient to the call. Don't ignore the call. Ignorant is not blissed. He tells you what you need to do. We need to do it. Even if we really like what, we, what we're doing. He says, I've got something better for you over here. Trust that what I have is better. Let's stand this morning. I'm going to open up the altar. Because sometimes the holidays are our hardest times. Because we get caught up in everything else in this world. It could also be because the holidays are the times that we remember the things that we've done with other people. I remember the day after Thanksgiving having the best turkey dumplings that you have ever had in your entire life. That my granny made from scratch. That's no longer here. We need help in those times. God says, I'm here. Come to me. You might be barren. You might be struggling this morning. The altar is open for you. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Look into your life. See where you are. See where God is. Is He where He needs to be in your life? Are you where He needs you to be today? The altar is open.
to do that in your life today. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for today and for your message. I, you know, God, we thank you that you broke the silence and God, that you spoke. But God, that you told us that you had a plan and you're still at work in that plan. And regardless of how long we go, that you're still at work at that plan. And that your son, Jesus Christ, is going to come back someday. Because you are still at work. You were at work in our lives, you were at work in barren places bringing about new life, restoring the old. Oh God, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Just one announcement, uh, you know, tonight. Actually, it, well, it's a twofold announcement, but still one. Uh, you know, please, guys, come back tonight. Uh, you know, we're going to decorate the church. We're going to finish decorating it, hanging of the greens. This is one of my favorite services of the whole year. Now, I love Christmas to begin with, but man, we get to decorate God's house and prepare it for the birth of His Son, Amen. Jesus Christ. As we worship Him, uh, you know, come back tonight, and then after that, we're gonna have cookies and cocoa. Whoo, man! What a way to end the night, man! Fellowship, hot coffee, or yeah, hot coffee, hot chocolate, and cookies, man. <laughs>
Amen. Let's bow our heads for dismissal. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much for today. God, I pray that your face would shine upon us and that you would you know, that your windows from heaven will be opened and you will just bless each one that is here. In Jesus' name, amen.